Hello everyone, I'm Dominic. I'm Jonathan. And welcome back to another episode of The End Credits, the podcast where two brothers discuss their thoughts on a film of their choosing. And today, we are talking about The Terminator. We have moved on from horror films and into the realm of science fiction. Yes, we have. I'm excited to do The Terminator because we've, just like The Shining, like probably each film previous, we had some sort of like uh, past relation or some interest in it. Right. And this one is like, oh, we we like the series. We've seen all but... No, we no, we haven't seen Salvation, but it's, we don't want to talk about Salvation. We don't need to see Terminator <laughs> Salvation. I, but I think, yeah, I'm really excited that we're finally getting into a different genre. Not, I, I really like the horror; it was awesome. Uh, but now we're getting into science fiction films, and here we go. Yeah. So uh, the Terminator was directed by James Cameron, with a release date of October 26, 1984, at a runtime of one hour and 48 minutes, and the genre is science fiction. It stars Arnold Schwarzenegger, Michael Bean, Linda Hamilton, and Paul Winfield. The summary for The Terminator is the following. Disguised as a human, a cyborg assassin known as The Terminator travels from 2029 to 1984 to kill Sarah Connor. Sent to protect Sarah is Kyle Reese, who divulges the coming of Skynet, an artificial intelligence system that will spark a nuclear holocaust. Sarah is targeted because Skynet knows that her unborn son will lead the fight against them. With the virtually unstoppable Terminator in hot pursuit, she and Kyle attempt to escape. Here we go, kicking off science fiction month with the Terminator. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty enjoyable film to watch just right off the bat. It definitely like, is. It, it's it's a science fiction film with like a bunch of action. Like at the beginning, so like they really yep. get you like hooked up. Mm-hmm. Obviously, one of the standout stuff is Arnold. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we had to talk about Arnold. Like, Party. If this, if he wasn't in this movie, I don't know how well it would do. Directly honest, he makes it. He definitely makes it. Um, yeah, I definitely agree. I think that without Arnold Schwarzenegger, it's not the Terminator. You know, right? I think he makes it believable that this unstoppable threat. Just because of his size, you know? Like, yeah. He's so big at this time, so it's like, oh, man, he's going to crush me with his bicep, basically. It's just like Arnold at his peak right now, and it's like, oh, man, he's, he's so menacing. And it's like, oh, God, you don't want to mess with him. Right. I really love the, how this film starts out. It's so not a thing that you see nowadays with a movie where it just starts off with these opening uh, credits where we see like this um basically it sets up the world of of like the future yeah okay and it basically tells us like where we're at at this mm-hmm. at this point and you guys basically you just have to read you have to read those opening those opening credits oh yeah because they're like oh the war you know happened in 2029 and today we're gonna fight the battle here you know? right and uh I guess that is pretty interesting because it doesn't start out with like any uh, pre um, video or any any like sort of like it shows a landscape shot, but it's not like we see any character development or some sort of right. way to tell us the story without the dialogue. It's like okay, dialogue here. Yeah, let's move on to today. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I do like how 
it does create a little bit of world and it is a little bit or is clearly menacing mm-hmm. and we're in this what seems like a post-apocalyptic world and i love how with you know you get those clues with very little i think the music really makes it here mm-hmm. but i mean as well as like these huge giant robots that are just right. like you know just rolling around uh this unknown territory with a bunch of like skulls on the ground it's yeah. very all gray and dark and it's like adding to this effect that yeah the world has basically in this everlasting war since mm-hmm. the machines took over right it's a very interesting way to start mm-hmm. definitely um i i guess just adding to that like uh world building even with just the future because mm-hmm. they even like extended it towards um when they go into 1984 and that's like i don't think it was intentional for the time because obviously it was shot in 84 right. or previously because it had to be uh uh released at that point right uh so i think they did a good job of just like capturing a bunch of stuff around just eight, the 80s time period because uh-huh. you know like um arnold comes in you know from the future or whatnot and he meets these guys and they had just their clothes and everything is just oh it's it's 80s and then you know eventually we go throughout this world seeing like a bunch of like uh just 80 stuff that you don't see you know it's it's little things that like like oh man they don't show these stuff you know like um when arnold has to find sarah he used the phone book oh, and right, stuff like yep. that. You know, phone books are not there anymore. Yeah. Uh, you know, just, again, the phones they use, the clothes, the setting, uh, just uh, the cars, you know, everything around the the whole world. It's so... Nostalgic? Yeah. It's like, it's, it's pure in that realm because I feel as if uh, a lot of things nowadays are like overproduced. Yeah. To the fact that like, oh, I, I don't see like any sort of character and this is like a snapshot i feel as if if because i wasn't obviously in 84 right yeah and it's like a snapshot for people of today to like see oh maybe this is a glimpse of what how it was at that point Uh and they didn't really just like how we don't really think of it like today you know we don't really think oh it's 2020 i don't you know it's just how everything is sure it's seeing that uh, past like world is like oh man we've changed so much and it's like, actually kind of like really cool and refreshing just to see that how life was before the stuff we have now yeah but let's just hope it doesn't turn into you're right a skynet or <laughs> anything so like the that the terminators don't come and uh kill us all exactly i i do like what you're saying though that it's very natural mm-hmm. uh, and obviously it's going to be because like you you said they were filming in, and you're probably like somewhere at 82 or 83 so of course it's going to feel um you know it's going to feel real right because uh, that's just the time yeah it was. it's just the time that they were you know it's just the time it was exactly and yeah i i like how you were bringing up like the details of just things like the the like vehicles the the phone book phones even mm-hmm. those those phones that you'll find that just uh the pay phones on, yeah the yeah. pay phones that you'll just find along the street and yeah i i like what you're saying about that that it feels very what's the word i'm looking for it feels very authentic 
That's what I was trying to say. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Authentic. Yeah. It's very, it's, it's authentic because I mean, it was. Right. It's just, it's, it's not trying to be, but it is because that's just how it was. Right. Exactly. Uh-huh. So, uh, so yeah, like I, I picked up on those things while watching, uh, the film. I like, they did very well in like setting the world both, uh, today or past for us now. Yeah. For past and, uh, future. And I think I guess it was because of that it was believable that these things, like I was able to uh, place myself in this world because they took the time to uh, properly surround everything to make it like okay, this makes sense, and I could believe it because of that. Yeah, and you really get a sense of the world of especially when we are introduced to to Sarah. Mm-hmm. I love how we're just getting that, just that feeling of um, her just li- living her normal life. But mm-hmm. even b- probably before that, we get that sense of the world when uh, we see Kyle and him uh, actually coming back into or coming into 1984, and he's trying to run from the police. And I think we get a sense of the location of him going through like the back alleys, and even something as little as him going through what seemed like some kind of department store or, um, or like inside some mall Mm -hmm. and just going and seeing how like things felt inside, you can kind of get a sense of what time period we were in. And, uh, even as simple and as obvious as product placement, because I think that was a very big thing in films in the eighties and like specifically when Kyle puts on his shoes, he puts on those Nike those Nike high tops. Right, right. He didn't need they didn't need to show him putting on the shoes in that realm. It was obvious that okay, let me lower my feet and let me do like a cool little uh tying up the laces, you yeah. know, sort of thing. And like, show off what brand of shoe you have. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean it, it was a neat scene and they're cool shoes, so right. uh I can't complain. But I mean, I think we really do get a sense of the world when we are introduced to Sarah and she's just living her normal life and she's just working in a restaurant. But I just, I like the feeling of being able to have this for what seems like a moment's time, getting a chance to feel like, yeah, I feel like we're normal, but we're just in the Mm eighties and she's just working her job. So yeah, doing whatever, uh, first working person does, you know? Yeah. Uh, I I find that we had this conversation when we were watching it because like we we're trying to piece together the timeline uh, for the Terminator and like figuring out uh, ages and like when people were born because was like that's like a whole plot in this or subplot in this uh, movie you know like uh, uh, how everybody came to be and like I was surprised to learn that after we looked it up because we were like oh we we're debating you know. Right. Uh, how old is uh, Sarah? How old is uh, Kyle Reese? And uh, apparently, you know, uh, Sarah's supposed to be around the 19 to like 21 age. Right. And, like, I did not believe that. I figured that she was somewhere at least like 21, 23, perhaps. That was my guess because she felt like, to me, it felt like she was a college student. Mm-hmm. Simply because she's living with a roommate. Um. She's going out on fr- on like Friday nights, and she has a crappy job. <laughs> I mean, so I was just thinking that perhaps she was somewhere like 
in college. So early 20s was my thought. Mm -hmm. I think it's just because I feel as if uh, people nowadays look younger or they look, no, people back then look older when they were supposed to be younger. So like uh, right. they look like um, mid 20s. Uh, you said late 20s. 20s. Yeah, mid, late 20s, you know, early 30s, around that age. Yeah. At least I thought, you know, the actors themselves probably were like were around that range. Mm. But like I feel as if, uh, I don't know, they look too old. Like uh, that's a thing, I think, uh, even like in real life sense. Yeah. That uh, I just feel like maybe somehow people like look younger for some reason. I don't know. Yeah. For whatever reason, back in the 80s, people, younger people looked older. Yeah, it's so like, what? It's like, I don't know. Yeah. That's why I was like, no, I can't be 19. I can't be around 21 or, you know, around that range. It's like, college student? Yeah, right. You know, I had I didn't think it at all. But even as you were doing research, you even found that her age wasn't explicitly said. Right. It's, it's debated because uh, in later Terminators, they like change it. Right. Because I was like, I guess they didn't keep up with the... The time frames for everything. So I wish like, they did. I kind of do, but they kind of change it to like, oh no, it's actually, you know, this, maybe because they thought, oh, 19 is too young, but uh, apparently the original script uh, right in was, she's supposed to be 19. Okay. So maybe later on they're like, no, that's too young for it to be believable. So let's, you know, bump up her age a little bit and. Yeah. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. I was like, cause I didn't think she was 19. It's like me at 19, there's no way I would have done what she did. <laughs> you know, I was like, I would just oh, went in the corner like, Oh no, this is a nightmare. You know, please <laughs> help me. Yeah. I at least figured that she was in her early twenties. So yeah. 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 Uh, I guess just talking about like, um, what they go through. Um, it starts off very, I guess you could say it's kind of, I don't want to say it's slow. I would say it's actually really a medium, gradual, and then to like a fast-paced action scene. Right. Because, you know, we're introduced to... So we're first introduced to Arnold's character, the, the Terminator, when he comes back in time to like uh, search out Sarah. So this whole uh, point where both Arnold and Kyle Reese is supposed to uh, find Sarah and like they're basically, I guess competing against each other to like okay we got to make sure that we get to her first or that either you know to kill her or to keep her safe right and we see this uh, how they i guess handle the uh implications of being into the the past into mm -hmm. like a, a timeline that they are not supposed to be in and that point was like very slow and then you know once they do kick off into that uh where they meet each other that's when it starts to get like all real fast and then it kind of like boggles down to like a slow pace uh, after that fact. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to know, is like, do you think that this whole pacing from like, okay, let's search out Sarah to, okay, we found Sarah to, I guess, slow and slower down. Uh, what did you think about that? Like pacing wise? I think it was nice because I liked having, I liked having this sense that we were taking some time because as I've mentioned before in previous episodes, I'm a fan of, slower storytelling mm -hmm. and not to the point where it's too slow, but I think enough to where I'm getting or at least feeling like I'm a part of this world. And I like how it did start off. It, it built gradually because it wasn't just Arnold Schwarzenegger's uh, character or just the Terminator. 
It wasn't like he just came and found Sarah right away. Mm -hmm. And it was more of a search. And I like how it took some time to get there, but we knew that he was, he was coming, coming. Mm -hmm. And, and then we got to, you know, get a little bit of what Kyle of, we got a little bit of Kyle Reese and I liked that. And then we got a little bit of Sarah. So I personally liked all this pacing because when it did come together, it did get a little bit faster. And yes, it does get a little bit slower afterwards too. But I think it's like where there is slow, there's got to be some fast as well. It's a nice balance, I think. And it never gets to the point, at least for me, where it feels like it became too overdone. It never felt too action-y, but it also never drifted away from not being a good story, which I really liked about this movie. And I think a lot of people might consider the Terminator series, and I think this is fair, that it's, you know, kind of a washed-up, action-packed um, franchise. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of the time with these kind of big franchises, the first movies are usually always more grounded than the rest. That's true. And they have a lot more meaning, and they feel very, they feel very grounded as just a one-off. And I think the Terminator is a great example of, uh, you know, uh, this huge franchise turned into a washed-up, action-packed story. But, uh, oh, yeah, to put it simply, I really did enjoy the pacing. I think it's a nice balance. I actually argue that I think I liked the high... I like the gradual uh, introduction of the pace. You know, it's it's slowly building to... When we find Sarah, I think I like that style. Yeah, it's, it's like, really okay, nice. He's coming, and we're expecting that this clash is about to happen, but we just don't know when the clash is going to happen. And I think, yeah, and I would like to add, I think the main reason why is because he's going, because the Terminator is going after Sarah Connors, because there's multiple Sarah Connors. Right, right. Uh, he, so, we, yeah, we do get this gradual with, he's just trying to figure out which one's the correct Sarah, and... Once they do clash, I feel as if it's, oh, okay, we're in the clash zone. We're in this uh, high action scene. It's like, okay, what we're going to do next. Yeah. But then I think after the fact, once they have that clash and then they drift off to, uh, I guess, like, uh, re, like, uh, re, what's, what's the word? Retreat. That's the word. A retreat. Oh, when okay. they both retreat, you know, so because the Terminator gets hurt and then Kyle. And Sarah get hurt or they had to like escape, you know, or whatnot. Mm. Once they both retreat, I think that's when it like uh, becomes less enjoyable for me. Because I, I don't know, because I guess that once once they, once we had this like slowdown, it never really got back to that pace beforehand. And I feel that's where I, I get, I start to get like, not bored, but I just like, that intensity never gets reached again, in my opinion, when I'm watching it. So, like, I feel as if the perfect points in the Terminator is the beginning to, like, after the police station. Okay. I think I think that right there is, like, okay, the best part of the whole Terminator, hmm. in my opinion. I, I can see what you're saying. I really did like, though, the balance like I was saying that we kind of, when we had their retreat because we got a little bit more of Kyle Reese's character. And I think maybe more specifically understand his world. 
honestly, probably the two of both Sarah and Kyle Reese, we got to learn a little bit more about because, but it's really through Kyle Reese's version Uh of Sarah because he talks about how, you know, since she's the mother of John Connor and she's the one who taught him all of these things to be the great leader that he is in Kyle Reese's time, Mm -hmm. you know, we get both of their stories within Kyle Reese's own and... I liked getting more of the characters and that's why I'm saying that I really like this moment because, or this, or this, um, whole bit of the film, because we got to exist in the story and exist in the world and not just, and not just move along for the sake of the story. And I liked how it just kind of felt like we had some time to live in it Mm -hmm. and to experience it in, in a way. I did think it was a little strange, though, that after the the police station raid, I thought it was weird that the Terminator didn't just go after Kyle Reese and Sarah when the whole rest of the, or that whole, um, all the moments leading up to that, he was, like, he did, nothing stopped him from going after Sarah. And the fact that he kind of just, like, after the whole police station raid, he didn't go after them immediately. Right. I'm surprised uh, they lost him as easily as they did during the police station because yeah. uh, I think the fact that he, I think the reason why he didn't like immediately go is because he, he lost them, right? So he needed to find a new lead and that's why he used the mother to find uh, Sarah. But uh, like I guess just previously, you know, they were they weren't able to shake him off as easily, right? And I guess you're right. During the police station, they were able to just okay escape without him hunting them down. Yeah, because he could have just grabbed one of the police cars mm-hmm. that were right there and just you know gone after them. Right. And I thought it was weird that he didn't. Right. I I think it was probably like you said, just so they could have this release to uh. Uh, give the audience more info on the characters. And so they're like, okay, they just lost them or whatnot. Yeah, totally. So, yeah, I guess it really just uh, depends. Um, what I want to say is that, did you notice that when they did do those character developments with like uh, Sarah and uh, Kyle, mm. it was during the day and like night scenes were the scenes where all the action was happening. That's probably like intentional to some point too. Because, like, I guess the only action that happened during the day with the Terminator was for the first Sarah Connor. Right. And every other scene, I think, that he actually does something that we see is night. Yeah, that's a good point to bring up. I don't think I noticed. I didn't pick up on the night and day scenes. Although Kyle Reese did have some backstory to tell throughout the night when he first met Sarah and he was driving through the car. And trying to escape the Terminator that first time. Like, as he was driving, he was given, you know, a lot of information for her. So that, I, I would say that that's probably the one night scene that we get a whole, like a whole backstory. But I do, I would agree with you that most of the backstory takes place in the day. Yeah, I don't know if that was like an intentional uh, way to tell the story. Or like, maybe I'm just seeing some sort of pattern that's not actually there. I saw that, or at least I feel like I, uh, I felt that during. I was like, okay, I, I'm more in, uh, inclined to like the night scene just because I guess there's this uh, 
uh, high action chase or you know right during it that's fair all the dates i i like i like the character development but like there's like this feeling of rest which is kind of weird because i guess usually i don't know it depends on how you see night and day because you know people usually at least i want to say most work during the day go to school during the day or like do the activities during the day and then rest during the night sure so it's kind of like this imbalance if that makes sense yeah and when you're describing this though i like how you're mentioning this because had we stayed in action land for (laughs) too long i think it's not going to feel special anymore so i think it's great that james cameron thought that we need to have moments of rest because we can't keep the audience in this this high forever mm-hmm. and in order to balance it we have to give them a little bit of rest so then that way once we do return to action it's going to feel all the more grand and bigger so i think it's a really smart idea that we do have the moments of rest where we have them because i guess i could just imagine after the whole police raid if the terminator went after them and chased them like that whole police raid was crazy there was so much going right, on. Right, right. There, there was. It would probably be too much uh, for the audience to expect something uh, to happen after, like, another chase. It's like we just ended the chase with the police station. Right. So doing another chase would have been, like, kind of weird. Would have been crazy. So I really do like – I, I like. I think the balance makes a lot of sense. And, again, I think since we get to live in the world more – during the scenes where we have the moments of rest, it just feels like you're a part of it. So I like that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. One thing I do want to talk about, uh, is the, is the, uh, the special effects for the movie. Cause, uh, they probably worked for the time, but they have not aged well compared to at least uh, Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Right. Like those effects compared to this effects, like, you know, you probably can't really compare them, but man, they, they don't, they don't age well. I agree. Yeah. They, they don't. Yeah. As much as they didn't age very well, I have this respect for what they did because I'm sure it was very difficult. Yeah. No doubt. But, yeah, I guess it was just interesting to see like the the final product, and I'm sure they wanted to do more, mm-hmm. but obviously, probably for budget reasons or just for the time that they had, and just what they could do at that moment in time, right? They probably couldn't, you know, do the the whole stuff or make it as realistic as they wanted it to be. Yeah, for sure. And but I, I think the result is. Is is good enough, right? And I I have this feeling of respect for it because, like, when I when I was watching it, I'm just like, yeah, of course, I know that it doesn't look very nice, <laughs> and it like it could obviously look better, and I know that it's not, that is not Arnold Schwarzenegger, like I right. know that's not him, <laughs> but it, it's laughable today. But I'm just kind of like, man, they people created that right. with their own hands, and being able to see that was special. Yeah, I definitely want to give props to those people who actually did these special effects for this movie because they were really pioneering the whole uh, special effects industry. And it's 
It's like nowadays, most people I would think would like be like, uh, they would they would say to themselves like, oh man, it's probably not gonna look good, you know. So maybe not do it at all. But these people at the time were like, no, we we really want this. We really need this, and we're gonna do it even if it's doesn't look the greatest. I don't think they were even, even in that mindset, you know. They're like, we're gonna do the best we can, and it's gonna be good anyway. Yeah, I think I think people just take it for granted, to be honest. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think audiences just take these special effects for granted nowadays because uh, because I think that too many times people are expecting CGI and they're expecting those computer um, effects. Mm-hmm. And I just think that it's not... I don't, I'm not saying that... Um, that it's not like a good thing to use or a good thing to implement in a film because I think it has helped in certain places. And I think you especially see this in science, science fiction films, um, like the, you know, the battle between practical versus computer generated effects. Right. I think that CGI isn't always the answer. And I'm sure the people who actually do CGI work also think that it's not always the answer, but Overall, I think that between the two of them, you just lose some kind of character or authenticity when you have too much of CGI. I think nowadays in films, you'll see a lot of CGI, which isn't a bad thing. It's just that I feel like a lot of the time they try to replicate films from this era and they just don't quite feel the same. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think it actually goes both ways, though, that uh, I guess really bad of any form of special effects can, if it's not done well, it breaks the the, the uh, believability of the, of the world that we're in. And I do agree that we, we probably don't take a, we do probably use, overuse CGI to that effect. Yeah. But even, even both can be bad if they're not done well. You know, we've yeah, all for seen sure. really bad CGI and really good CGI. But for this one, they didn't have obviously the budget probably, or they didn't have uh, the time to do the stuff, right? Or even the capability to do it, right? So they they did it the way they did, and I guess it's it's. So what's the blame is just it's so hard to replicate human skin to make it like, okay, this is a, a person. Right. Because I, I, I think when they did the uh, the robot at the end, that was a little bit better, but it wasn't like as... Uh, there was parts in there where it was like, oh, it doesn't look that good either. Hmm. But it was at least it looked better than replicating the human skin. I completely agree. I think we can both agree on that they were definitely not downplaying the special effects in this film. Right. Uh, it just said they were doing the best that they could for the time. Right. And I'm sure they, yeah, like... They just haven't aged well. Yeah, right? that's it. Not to say that they didn't try, because they right. obviously did, yeah. but... Um, they work, but... For people nowadays, they might say, "Oh man, that looks terrible." And you're—I mean, you're not wrong, but you gotta give them some slack. Yeah, you have to realize that 
they more than likely put in a lot of time and effort to create what they created. And it's not like they just did it for doing it. It, They did it because that was the best that they could provide at the time. Mm -hmm. And we can't downplay that. I actually have a question on what your thoughts are for uh, particular story elements. Okay. Because I'm a fan of time travel stories. And I don't know if you are a fan of time travel stories because I like the idea. The idea with time travel stories is that each action can affect another part of the timeline. Mm -hmm. And there's like major consequences with that. Right. I don't know if you are a fan of these time travel elements within the story. Yeah, I like the idea of time travel and I like those kind of stories as long as they don't get bogged down in the details. I like them but not if they get too overwhelming. Right, because uh, with the details, it's easy to like create plot holes within your story. And that's exactly what I'm referring right, to, right. yeah. So I was wondering if, like, do you think it was a harmful thing to even attempt doing that in the Terminator? Because I know it makes sense, obviously, for like the future stuff of the Terminator because that technology didn't exist. Right. But like, do you think even having that uh, portion could have like ultimately harmed this. Cause like, why do a, uh, like the cyborg character hunting down these humans? Why not just do some, you know, madman or something like that. Right. Yeah. I think it's because simply not as interesting. Mm -hmm. I will say though, is that I think the, as the franchise continued is when the story became bogged down by the details. Yeah. I think that the only place in this film that it felt like it could have been a potential issue is the whole Kyle Reese being the father of John Connor. I was going to ask you that too. Is like, do you think, what did you think of the love angle? I I thought it was fine. Like I I thought it was fine. I questioned it a little bit, but I think it's to the point where if I forget all about all the other Terminator films, it's fine. Like as long as I just forget about the other ones, because I, like I said, I think the other ones just get too overwhelming and too complex to where it's not really enjoyable anymore. And essentially you just have to follow every little bit of storyline in order to understand. And I think that that's not the right approach. Um, but I like the love angle because it gave us, it gave Kyle Reese like this, uh, you know, the, the chance to meet Sarah. But I think the main thing is, is that it wasn't to the point where I just came out of nowhere is what I'm trying to get at. I, I actually thought, I've always thought this though, when I watched the Terminator is I thought it was too quick and kind of out of nowhere. I always thought that even though like, I believe we did have this talk about, oh, it's not actually uh too quick. I, I just... Every time I view it, I can't get that like mental picture in my mind. I was like, man, this is really quick. You know, they, I guess they just met during this uh, night, but I, 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 maybe with these circumstances that happened with them, they could have possibly, you know, gotten together. But I always felt like every time I uh, seen this film, I was like, oh man, that's quick. It was like, it just, it felt a little random, I guess. I can see where you're coming from. Because it it could feel questionable and it could feel like it's the moment where it's a little bit 
harder to suspend your disbelief because I, yeah, again, like I, I think I felt that way as well when I was watching, but I think it, like I said, if I just forget about all the other films and I just take it for this one and this one alone, it's to the point where I'm not going to question because I think it also, in my mind, it feels like if this didn't get explained thoroughly, but this also didn't, um, like basically like if I try searching for clues and it didn't go into it enough and I feel like it was just enough from what we've got, I think it's fine because I, I think it like we had this love angle, but we never, it never really got too overly complicated and I didn't want it to, I didn't, I didn't want it to. And the fact that it didn't, it was fine for me. I just think that's not fair for like other films. We, I think, but that's why I'm saying that we have to forget about the other ones in this scenario. No, 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 no. I think, I think just because you see this, how the series went for the Terminator, you're kind of like, okay, uh, giving it a free pass for this, but no, I, I'm more like taking it from the perspective of, let's say this film just, it, it was only this film and no other film existed. Let's just take it as if it weren't even a franchise. Right. But like, uh, imagine like some other film do this sort of uh, loving God, like this uh, certain point, would you have given it the, the like, would you be hard on it? Like, oh, it's, it's not random. Like imagine if it, this wasn't in the Terminator universe, some other random film uh, put this love angle out there at this moment in time. Hmm. Would you say like, oh, that's okay because it wasn't as detailed? Because I don't know, I don't, I don't think I don't think you would. I would think that oh, because they didn't give it uh, space. It was like oh, it, it wasn't really necessary. Even though for the Terminator, it was necessary for the stuff to um, make sense. I guess, right. but um, I just think that I don't know if that's enough. Like, yeah, I, I, I'm just not looking at it in terms of real life. I feel I take it in terms of I take it in terms of it just being a film and not as if it's being placed in the real world. And if this were to happen in the real world, because for me, I feel like films have different, almost like different. Um, characteristics and qualities and rules so it, it, i don't know i i guess it's for me i just i don't look at it as in uh it has to feel real i guess i think i think a better scenario is when we discuss why uh this love angle even existed in the first place and i remember you saying that it's because Kyle didn't have any sort of hope beforehand or love in his world. Yeah. Cause like what I mentioned was in his world, it's very grim and there's not a lot of things to almost like care for. And you, and it's, we almost get like alluded to this idea when, when Sarah asks Kyle about, you know, was it, was there any girl that you liked? It's essentially what she asks. She didn't ask it in that way, but, and he says no. And, and then she may pays attention to like the scars that he's got. And then he mentions that you just kind of have to disconnect from pain in order to survive in my world. And what, what I said was, is the fact that he didn't have anything to necessarily love in his time because it is so, it is so chaotic and 
and there's not much in his world to love. Mm-hmm. So I think when he did, when he mentions that John was the one who gave him the photo of Sarah, that photo was that representation of the one and only thing that he could latch onto for hope, for love, for a future, um, like ironically enough. Mm-hmm. And I think you know, when he gets the chance to meet her, just, it, you know, right. it obviously it's that chance to embrace it. Yeah, I think with that explanation, it makes sense why this whole love angle existed. Mm-hmm. But without it, yeah, I think it just it would be just random. I do think it makes sense now with with that explanation that oh, again, he couldn't he didn't have any sort of pathway for love or hope or anything, and this is the only way, right? With that photo, you said right. Um, I I I would think though. That the one thing that does feel a little weird to me, because we discussed Kyle Reese's perspective, but what about Sarah's? So, and I even mentioned it because I said that I felt like it was strange that Sarah reciprocated the love. So I I just felt like that was a little weird. Well, then I answered, I answered back was that technically throughout this, like what, maybe two days, weeks time period, it was so crazy for her. And she felt like the world was ending as well, mm-hmm. you know, and, and Kyle was the only one to actually uh, protect her in these scenarios when, you know, this whole cop, the police building, you know, just went up in flames, right? So right. she only could trust him. And that was why I think uh, they got together uh, and it made sense mm-hmm. for that. So yeah. I, th- I think it all makes sense uh, uh, just to, uh, for like a final verdict. But I wouldn't be surprised if someone watches for the first time and thought, "Oh, this is random or really quick." Sure, yeah, totally. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. I do gotta think that's. Uh, I feel like it's weird that the Terminator even was taken out the way it was, like at the end, because they use like all this fire to like uh, basically shred the skin mm-hmm. off of him mm-hmm. and. Uh, I always was like, oh man, the, just a fire is going to take him out, you know, because I, I, we went through so much with, uh, you know, him just taking a bunch of gunshots, being run over by a semi, yeah, you know, and uh, basically being torn to pieces, right? Right. But I was like, oh man, just a, just a simple fire, you know? Well, and- uh, I was going to say, well, keep in mind is that the whole idea of, the Terminator and the cyborg is that the skin is supposed to be real and is also supposed, and since it is supposed to be real, it also has to react in a real way because Kyle was mentioning how it, you know, it has like fake blood and fake skin and everything. And the whole purpose is so that it can actually look like a human. Mm. So why couldn't it be destroyed like a human's flesh would? And in, in this case for fire, I'm pretty sure that a person's a whole skin would probably be gone. <laughs> right. I'm I'm just saying that uh, pinned against all the other or compared against all the other uh, scenarios that happened to it, you know, all the gunshots, punching through a window, getting run over thousands of times, you know, I would expect it to have died there rather than, I guess, even, well, with, like the, I, even with the fire, but like I'm just saying that I'm surprised they would I'm surprised there was this possibility 
that it could have ended with a fire because imagine imagine your piece of technology getting run over it's most likely gonna get destroyed or getting hit with a gunshot's gonna destroy I, I was surprised just that the whole I was surprised that there was a possibility that the fire could take it out when I feel as if a gunshot's getting run over all these other scenarios weren't possibilities and it did seem like fire was a possibility that's just me yeah i guess i don't know it, it never se- it never seemed like a possibility to me when i while i was watching really i thought yeah, I no, thought it, like when when the fire broke out it's hard to say because i know the series it's hard to say because we'll, we'll be I say just take it, just take it as uh, forget the series. You know, imagine this this uh, movie as a single thing. There was this obvious attempt for the audience to think that it's over. You know, even with the music when they got together after the fire, Kyle and uh, Sarah. Right. There was this attempt to to paint the picture that it's over. And again, I think this is the really great thing that James Cameron implemented in this film is that he already established this idea of rest in our heads and the fact that it's here again and we feel this feeling of rest and that it, or that it feels like it's over. It really does give us a sense that it is actually over Mm -hmm. and it gives us that real sense of the possibility. And, you know, of course it's not right. That's that's just what my, uh, I can, yeah, I can agree with that, that it feels like that there was this possibility. And I think that was the purpose. So then that way, when we do realize that no, it's still the Terminator's still alive. Right. Now the action is continuing, and people can still feel that sense of, oh my God, it's still it's still alive and it's still happening, and it's a lot more authentic that we felt it this way instead of never getting the possibility that it could die from fire, and if it just we just kept going because again we can't stay in the action sequence forever. We have to feel this moment of rest. For the audience and then hit him with it again i just argue that do you think it was uh, a strong sense that we're going back to rest only because again every time i watch this it could it could be just because again we know the series but every time i saw it i'm like is that really it and i guess maybe that was the intention maybe i think it was because of all the other scenarios that you know maybe Okay, maybe it is, or like this. It's supposed to be this false sense, but you're right. still unsteady. I like what you're what you just said right there. It was always meant to be a false, a false hope. It was always meant to be a false hope in that it was never supposed to be like this f- sense of full rest. Mm-hmm. I think the way I, I always see it, and if we do our best to forget about the rest of the franchise, I think that it felt like like a half rest. I think we were supposed to have a little bit of feeling that it wasn't over. Mm-hmm. It was never meant to be, okay, this is the moment where we can say that this is the end of the film. And audiences were never supposed to feel that. They were always supposed to feel a little bit of unease, in my opinion. Right. No, I, I agree. I just, yeah, I, I've always been on, uh, I guess, guard because like, again. And you would, especially with what right, right, happened. Right. I, I, think, I think that's what it was trying to be, but I always like, yeah, I, I think it worked. Yeah, I'm, I'm for sure. Good. I was just always surprised that maybe it was 
supposed to be and, and it, technically i think everybody knows it wasn't supposed to be yeah i think and, that was the feeling yeah. it was we, supposed to give off right definitely i always get real sad at the point when we get to like the end and like the terminator uh is fighting both kyle and sarah and i always get real sad at the end because kyle dies yeah Spoilers. <laughs> I know. Uh, people should watch the films before listening. And I'm surprised you haven't seen Terminator, honestly, if, if uh, it's such a, you know iconic film. Right. Um, yeah, I always get sad what happens to Kyle. And um, it, make, it, it actually does uh, make sense with the whole storyline of, like, the hero's journey. Mm-hmm. Right? Because usually, you know, they have to lose something at the end to change themselves and she loses Kyle and becomes this uh you know like uh person basically to train John Connor she's very strong and you know i guess suspicious of everything and making sure that the all, like basically the weight of the world is on her at the end point right right and you see this whole transformation was you know she was just a normal everyday girl and then she she turns into you know this uh a leader yeah a leader and uh losing kyle is like oh man i always wish it's like man maybe kyle could have you know stayed but it was necessary for the transformation of sarah's character yeah it's just it's a sad yeah i definitely wanted kyle to live like after the whole events you really wanted kyle reese to just survive but like you said with the events of the story made sense and it had to be this way which sucks but yeah yeah so uh what do you think of terminator it's good um like similar to halloween it's probably the only film in the franchise that feels the most grounded and they don't spend a lot of time like developing the story or i should say they don't spend a lot of time developing some sort of like subplots and whatnot they don't waste time in this film and i like that i respect this film for that alone and everything from like the the performances and the music's really great it really makes this film the iconic one-liners in this movie that arnold schwarzenegger is so popular for now right definitely and it's some it's one that you wouldn't want to miss and you can always rewatch it over and over I just really like that it's a very, it's very, it's solid on its own. And I really wish franchises would, you know, create multiple really solid films. But, you know, nine times out of ten, that's yeah, not the case with won't. big franchises like this. Yeah. Somewhere along the line, it just starts dipping, even as soon as the second film. Whereas in this case, I think it could be argued that the second film is also a pretty good one, but... Sticking with this first film, I really love how grounded it feels, and I love the feeling of this world, even though it is this, it is about to become like this post-apocalyptic and and terrifying world. But I just think that everything together with its its moments of action and then its moments of rest, we're all inside of this world, and you feel like you are for the most part always a part of it and they tell the story 
and they explain it enough, but they don't over explain. And I really wish that a lot of these kinds of films nowadays would do the same, but they don't. I think too many times they just over explain things or they give it to you too easily. And I think the Terminator is just one of those clever and, and like, I think even me just saying that people might think that, oh, it's not a clever film or it's not even a good film. But when you really take it for what it is, it's uh it is a clever and it's an enjoyable action sci-fi film. Yeah. I, I really like the Terminator. It's a, it's uh I think we have like a special connection with it because we watched it when we already knew some of the references to it. Right. Mm-hmm. Like uh, these films were popular and known before we were able to like experience them for the first time. Mm-hmm. And I've always thought it was uh, very neat to see when we watched this one in particular, the first time is uh, when going like referencing uh, the popular lines, you know, like come with me if you want to live. We've always thought it's like, oh, this is an Arnold line, right? Right. And it technically is, but in the, seeing it for the first time and watched this like a while back, uh, when we heard Kyle said it, it was like, whoa, it was like this shocking moment to hear that. Because we've always thought it was Arnold's. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And to see it, it's like, oh, no, it's actually his. It's a Kyle Reese line. Right. And it's like, oh, it's, it's always been, it, it was a shock, a shock value. And I was like, oh, that's, it's really neat to actually learn the, like the history of it, yeah, and and just see that. I've also liked this film. I think I've, I think I recently got this um, enjoyment out of this film with the with the world and like maybe it's just eighties films, like this 80s, 70s time when they just did sci fi rights. You know, even with like yeah, even with uh, just representing the eighties world, right? It it just feels completely different, you know. Like like you said earlier, you know, it's very authentic. And I don't know what happened during the '90s and the, the 2000s where we lost that. Yeah, I don't know. I agree. For whatever reason, we lose. And maybe it kind of maybe it goes back to the whole practical versus practical effects versus computer generated effects, and the fact that. I think we just lost a sense of character, a sense like the sense of style and authenticity. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, like you said, it's just not there anymore. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what happened during the world or something. Because like even when we go to the next film, which is in 1991, and this is in 84, uh, mm-hmm. it's it's changed. Right. It feels and, different. And it's like, uh, I don't know. I, I wish, that's something I wish that uh, we could somehow like, Capture, capture that, that yeah right. again and it's like we uh, we see attempts right but they never it never feels truly authentic and that's something that's like oh man it's 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 a downer but at least we have uh films like the terminator to watch and uh uh relive that that like era through it i completely agree that's a definitely a good statement to end on and there we have it, James Cameron's 1984, The Terminator. Thank you for listening to this episode, and we'll see you on the next one. Thank you for listening to this episode of The End Credits. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The End Credits Podcast, and over on Twitter at The End Credits. 
If you're watching the video version, make sure to subscribe to the End Credits YouTube channel. That's it. Thank you and goodbye.